hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. That's me, and you're you, and welcome back to Suckatash, Epi 12. Episode 12, we are, we're almost a teenager. It's very exciting. In fact, we're going to go out and steal our parents' liquor and get drunk. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, great to be back with you. And uh, gosh, people just keep hearing about us. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, we made the, uh, not the jump, but we're, we're now on Stitcher uh, Smart Radio. I was calling it Internet Radio last week, but it's Smart Radio. It's what they call it, Stitcher Smart Radio. And you can find a link to uh, Stitcher to get your app right uh, on our website, SuckatashShow.com. Um, and uh, it's available as an app for almost anything that's, that's appy. Uh, you can uh, get us there. Uh, but anyway, I got, a, uh, I got an offer to uh, become part of a group blog over on SplitSider.com, which is a, uh, a blog all about podcasting, in particular comedy podcasting, and Jesse Fox has a blog he started over there called This Week in Comedy Podcasting. And uh, starting this last week, I became one of the contributors there. Go figure that. Uh, It's me, it's Jesse, it's a guy named Bradford Evans, and Eli Terry, and Joel Mandelkorn. And a couple of those guys have their own comedy blog, so I will be featuring those on Suckatash in the coming weeks just to, uh, you know, play nice with the other kids in the sandbox. But I did a uh, review of uh, Affirmation Nation with Bob Duca on uh, this, uh, this last week's uh, blog. So try and catch that. And uh, I'm also going to be a guest, but for you listening, I will have been a guest on a show that uh, we featured here before called The Radio Rubber Room. Uh, it's from back east, and uh, Derek, Vera, Dan Anderson, and Chris Manzelli have both a combination radio show and uh, podcast, the Radio Rubber Room, and they've asked me to be a guest tomorrow, so uh, I will be calling in and doing that. You can catch uh, them at naked-gesture.com or on iTunes, and I'll report back on that next uh, episode and tell you how that went. Uh, anyway, we've got a lot of podcasts for you tonight, um, today. Whenever you happen to be listening to this, why do I always say tonight? You know why? Because it's nighttime right now while we're recording this uh, at Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit. Absolutely. Uh, let's, um, you know what? I was going to get to the tweet sack, but let's do a couple of uh, clips and then we'll get to the tweet sack a little later. Uh, so uh, we do have um, a call I'll play first from our Succotash hotline. It's actually the Succotash answering service or um, voicemail, I guess. Uh, but this is from uh, one of the hosts of Sportsaholic podcast, which we featured last episode. He was kind enough to call and thank us. I am filled with ego enough to play it for you. Mark, hello. This is John Sheezer with the Sportsaholics podcast. I was just calling to thank you for featuring our show um, on your show. And uh, I think it's a really, it's a really great thing you got going. I'm going to help spread the word. And if I stumble across any shows, I'll definitely uh, send them your way. But again, thanks for putting Sportsaholics on. And if we have a good guest, you know, I might send you a clip to try to get, you know, primarily comedians. Uh, but yeah, keep up the good work and uh, hopefully uh, see you around. Take care. Well, thank you, John. That's very nice of you. So uh, that's uh, John uh, Sheezer, uh at Sportsaholics. 
Uh, so be sure to listen to those guys. Uh, let's get started with our clips uh, tonight. We're going to start out with uh, CB Radio. This is hosted by Cameron Buckholtz, a uh, young comedian who's uh, currently in Austin, Texas. And he manages to snag some pretty big name comics when they come through town. Uh, I'm a little bit jealous, actually. Uh, and uh, in this clip, he's talking to Michael Ian Black, who is a uh, sort of an associate of mine. I've, I've had some dealings with him over the years. And he's very funny if you're a fan of uh, such uh, sketch shows as uh, Stella and particularly The State. He's also a director and a writer. And uh, he came through Austin on his current comedy tour. So uh, let's uh, give a little listen to a few minutes with Cameron Buckholtz and Michael Ian Black. Is there anything else that you're kind of really working on? Not that the two books and the, the, the stand-up act is not enough. But well, there's always of... stuff. But, sure. But I don't usually talk about it until it's real. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you have a podcast of your own. I do. Called, was it Mike and Tommy Snacks or is it Tom and Mike? No, it's Mike and Tom. Okay. Uh... Uh, and the, the only reason it's Mike and Tom Eat Snacks is because the acronym of Mike and Tom Eat Snacks is MATES, gotcha. which is a better acronym than TAMES. Right. So it's MATES uh, because we are, in fact, MATES, mm -hmm. not in the copulating sense, but in the sure. Australian sense. Right. And so it's a podcast that my friend Tom Cavanaugh, Tom Cavanaugh uh, and I do about eating snacks uh, per the title, Mike sure. and Tom Eat Snacks. So each week we pick a snack, eat a snack, rate a snack. Gosh, and what, what has been your, your maybe least favorite and most favorite of the snacks you guys have rated? Uh, least favorite is it probably a toss-up. Well, in terms of like expectation versus reality, mm -hmm. uh, Keebler fudge stripe cookies okay, and combos. Okay. Least favorite. Yeah. Most that favorite, uh, Snickers. And Hagen dazs single serve vanilla ice cream. Gotcha, like the little ones. Like the little the, ones. These people. I mean, I most especially here in Texas. I think the pints are single serve, but I think I knew. Well, yes, but and for me too, and I mm -hmm. think for most people, sure. you, you can easily eat a pint of ice cream. Yeah. But there was something so sort of perfectly designed and engineered about the single serve vanilla ice cream mm. that it rated uh, a perfect ten from both Tom and myself, the first time in our podcast history that had ever happened. Nice. Now, so was that kind of the um, origin of that idea? Was that more you or was that more Tom? Because I'm looking around your hotel room and I see no snacks. No, I am, a, I am in the snack game, yes, but it, that, that does not mean that I surround myself with snacks at okay. all hours of the day. If I did, uh, I would be consuming snacks at all hours of the day, mm. and I can't, I can't do that. Right. The origin was mutual. We wanted to do something together that would be fun. Podcasts seemed like the easiest thing to do, mm. and we both like eating snacks. Gotcha. Just as simple as that. Simple. But you guys had worked together previously on... We were on a television show together mm -hmm. called Ed, which was on NBC from 2001 to 2005, something like that. He was Ed. I was not Ed. Um... But despite our different ranks, mm -hmm. we developed and maintained a friendship. Gotcha. So it's interesting when I first saw that, because I didn't picture him as kind of in the comedy world, really. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I saw him kind well, of he, outside of... He doesn't have like a traditional comedy background. Sure. He's, he's just a very funny guy. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, it's about time we, we wrap this up. Yeah, this, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's painful at this point. 
awkward mm-hmm. at best. Okay. Well, I, you know, if that's where I, the level I'm at, I think I'm okay with that. Not just like horrifying or it could be a lot worse from awkward. Now, Cameron, you're a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian? I am. I am. Why don't you Here come in. do some time at the Mohawk? I'll put you on the spot right now. Why don't you come tonight? Absolutely. Do if you some, want to have me do on. Do some time. I actually had emailed your the, the Transmission Entertainment about trying to get on this show a few months ago. And they, what, ignored you? I think so, yeah. Right, I'm on their festival, so it's not as the, you know. Well, all right. So come to the Mohawk tonight. What time's, what time's my show tonight? Uh, doors at 8, probably. I don't know. That sounds good. But you come to the show, do some time, and then you can report back on CB Radio how it went. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you. It's on tape, so I hope I'm, this is, I hope I'm this is speaking real. into a microphone. I understand okay. the ramifications of what I'm saying. Okay. So there is Michael Ian Black visiting with Cameron Buckholz of CB Radio. And you see Cameron Buckholz, CB, CB Radio. See how that works. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Cameron's, uh, like I said, uh, interviewed a lot of big names and more big names coming through uh, Austin, Texas. For him, you can catch him at Cameron Buckholz, B-U-C-H-H-O-L-T-Z dot com, also on iTunes. And as far as Michael Ian Black goes, as they mentioned on there, he does a show called Mike and Tom Eat Snacks, which is a favorite here around uh, the Succotash parts. We've played several clips in the past. I was just uh, singing his praises on Twitter last week. And uh, we have another clip. I just figured, what the heck? He's mentioning it. Let's play it. And if we're very lucky, he will respond to my pleas that he will uh, be interviewed here at Succotash when he comes through town in the next month or so in the San Francisco area. But in the meantime, how about a taste of Mike and Tom Eat Snacks? So today... Munchkins. Munchkins. Mike and Tom eat snacks on the internet. I went in there today and I said, they, I said, I'd like a box of your finest munchkins, stewardess. And the lady turns to me and says, which flavor would you like? I said, just give me, give me what you got. And that's what she did. And you could see she liked, she liked that. Sometimes, though, they don't like that. They're like, just tell me what you want. I don't feel like picking out for you what might good. Might. This is, uh, this is. I've experienced this, but, you know, they're like, <sighs> there's the eye roll, there's a little bit of the exasperation. It's like, could you just, could you just please decide what you want instead of me deciding for you? Mm-hmm. But in your case, it seems like the person was glad to take the ball and run. Because my stewardess had a certain, you, you could you, tell. You, you were calling her stewardess. Yeah. Even you, though you were in a Dunkin' Donuts shop. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could tell she was an artist. Ah. There's a certain amount of creativity inherent at the job at a Dunkin' Donuts that isn't inherent in any other fast food establishment in this country. You can't go to KFC and say, just give me, you know, just surprise me. That doesn't happen. But at Dunkin' Donuts, that's a regular occurrence. Sure. You, you know, I, I think we're forgetting Taco Bell where there's a certain amount of creativity involved. Uh, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. In what way? What do you mean? Well, those guys there that work at Taco Bell, I mean, it's, it's like for you when you were actually trying to be the spokesman. It's a labor of love. Well, it's a labor of love, but it's not necessarily... I don't think it's a labor of love over there at Wendy's or Burger King. No. McDonald's. No. But at Dunkin' Donuts, it's a regular occurrence where people go in and say, just delight me. And then the best counter people at Dunkin' Donuts, you can see them sizing you up from across the glass counter and looking at you and thinking to themselves, he looks like a jelly man. Mm-hmm. He looks like a jelly man. He looks like a toasted coconut man. Yeah. I'm going to give him the 50-50. That's the 50% toasted coconut, 50% jelly. He's a jelly man and a coconut man. Right. Now, here's the thing. If I went in there and they 50-50'd me with a jelly man and coconut man, they I would, like, they I would, wouldn't I would, do I would empty the box in their face. They wouldn't do it. That's right, because they'd evaluate correctly. They would, they would they say... they look at him, they go, glaze. Mm-hmm. Glaze all the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is a guy who loves his glaze. This is a guy. He's a glaze guy. You could tell by the sheen on his face. He's a glaze guy. Mm-hmm. From a hundred paces away, I could spot a glaze guy. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I've spent some time at a Dunkin' Donuts. Sure you have. When I was growing up in New Jersey, New Jersey. Uh, when you were in New Jersey, when you were like 14 in New Jersey, half the time you spent at a Dunkin' Donuts. Well, here's Dunkin the thing. D's. There was no place to go in the nighttime for, for young teens on the prowl. You understand? You couldn't. There was no, no, in the nighttime, there was no place to go? There was no place to go. Was there any place to go at night? No, uh, yeah, at night, fine, but not at the nighttime. And so when the nighttime would come, and we were young teens on the prowl, we were looking for some place to go. The only place that was open late, open 24 hours, Yunkin' Yonuts. Open in the daytime and in the nighttime. Yeah, they were specifically open, and, and also at, open at night. So 36 hours. 36 hours that's a day. That's amazing. 36 hours a day. That's, that's good service any way you cut it. So that was our... Our hangout. You'd Dunkin go to Dunkin' Dunkin Donuts. Yeah. And, Who are you uh, hanging out with? Oh, Brad, Jeff, Brad, Tim. Yeah. Jeff, Tim. Any girls? No. No. Not a chance. No way. Not I, in the Dunkin I wish. D's. Not in Dunkin' D's. No. No. So that's where we'd go. You know, you'd, you'd go and you'd shoot the shit and you'd eat donuts and, uh-huh. and flirt with the, the counter girl and, and have, have yourself a night of it. That's great. Well, that's, no. In, in, in New Jersey, they were. Oh, they weren't stewardesses in no. New Jersey. No, no, no. Oh, that's right. You're right. That would have been offensive. Yeah. No, they were incorrect. Uh, also, they were male, which is weird. Which is weird to call a male person who works at the counter at a donut shop a stewardess. You're right. Really weird. It is. All right. We love those guys. Mike and Tom, uh, Michael Ian Black, Tom Cavanaugh, Mike, Mike and Tom eat snacks. And, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts every week to try and find uh, material for our show. But they are, there's a few, a handful that I always listen to every week. And Mike and Tom eat snacks is one of those because... It's only th- about 30 minutes long usually, sometimes a little longer, and it's always funny. Those guys uh, are a hoot. And you know what? All the funny stuff happens before the snack ever comes out. The snack is just literally kind of icing on the cake. So uh, if you get a chance to catch them, they're at matescast.tumblr.com and on iTunes. Uh, we have uh, a double dose of Durst this week. Let's get to the first one, Burst O'Durst, right here on Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with the answer to the riddle. Why is the GOP like a Baskin-Robbins franchise? Because they're fascinated with the flavor of the week. And the newest GOP sensation is a rare Republican scoop of non-vanilla. Herman Cain, the freshest frontrunner in a little game called Anybody But Romney. That's right, a black guy is leading Republican polls. And yeah, we know all the jokes. The term black Republican is like saying environmental oil man, vegetarian butcher, KKK Diversity Scholarship. The GOP Black Caucus Convention could be held in a phone booth. Well, they don't make phone booths anymore, and the former CEO of Godfather's Pizza has indeed overtaken Rick Perry as major challenger to that human dial tone, Mitt Romney. Kane says he wants to do for America what he did for pizza. The hell does that mean? Make the country crusty and covered in cheese? Maybe he'll fashion a foreign policy by recycling his old motto, Pakistan will sleep with the fishes. Kane is a straight-talking businessman who's boiled his economic policy down to 999. Three syllables, targeted straight to the attention span of the average American voter. 9% income tax, 9% corporate tax, and 9% national sales tax. But he's got to watch out because the national sales tax not only could incur the wrath of the Tea Party, but it opens him up to charges of being European. He goes around bragging he's the only candidate who's never held elective office, inferring that the presidency should be an entry-level position. 
but he conveniently forgets to mention he ran for president back in 2000 and for a U.S. Senate seat in Georgia in 2004 and lost both races. So it's not like he hasn't tried to be a politician before. Apparently, he's just not very good at it. It'd be fun to see him get the nomination. And then racists go to the polls in 2012 would have to choose between two black guys. Their little heads would pop right off. <laughs> Obviously not happy with the list of potential partners, the Republicans been begging for somebody, anybody else, to throw their hat into the ring. Donald Trump flirted for a while, but he couldn't afford the pay cut. Then Michelle Bachman accepted the bouquet, but conservatives fell out of love almost as fast as they fell in. Sarah Palin continues to do her tease, but finally, Texas Governor Rick Perry waltzed in to fanfare akin to the entrance of a conquering football hero. Immediately, he rose to the top of the polls and all was right in the land of the right for about a week. Then Perry unraveled like a badly knitted sweater caught in a threshing machine, a series of threshing machines, eight to ten. Even his own staff admits he may have stumbled a bit in the debates. Yeah, stumbled being a polite way of saying, dug a hole deep enough to hide at least half of those very threshers of which earlier we spoke. The more they saw a captain haircut, the less they liked. So now they're whining for another savior to rise from these streets, and their focus has moved east to another governor, Chris Christie of New Jersey. This week the whole country is crazy for Christie, perhaps figuring he's too big to fail. Christie has toned down his insistent, I'm not running, to a spongy, let's wait and see. Apparently, he understands his date may be a bit fickle, throwing away partners like Kleenex in the midst of a bad cold. Besides, isn't it the date that won't have you that you really, really want? Meanwhile, Mitt Romney waits for the GOP to settle down and get their philandering over with, dressed in his gown, patiently standing at the door. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Treasured friends, remember how silly and retarded old grandpa looked waddling around the house with his pants pulled up to his chest while jiggling so much change in his pockets, you thought he might just secretly be one of those street corner Santas? Well, you never have to be jealous of Gramps again thanks to Henderson's new high-waisted hip-huggers. With today's young people fast running low on yesterday's styles to rip off and pretend that they invented them, Henderson's high-waisted hip-huggers are here, just in time to put the hip back into hipster. Whether you sport a belt or suspenders, a vest or scraggly mustache, our hip-huggers are perfect for that seedy yet sassy, fresh-from-the-second-hand-store look. And to complete the look, Henderson's has laced each and every pair of high-waisted hip-huggers with the smell of mothballs and elder's urine. Even though these trousers are brand spanking new, your most dickish and judgmental friends won't be able to tell that your new pants were not recently worn by the deceased. Originally designed for Wilfred Brimley, Ed Grimley imitators, and endorsed by TV's lovable curmudgeon, the late William Frawley, Henderson's high-waisted hip-huggers are available wherever people get their clothes out of a bin on the sidewalk. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1847. And now, back to Succotash. All right, we always love the folks at Henderson's Pants. Uh, we have uh, a new podcast for uh, for us. Uh, you may be familiar with it. I don't know, but it's, uh, I believe, from New York City. Uh, the title is Pod Awful, 
And I'm going to let you judge for yourself. Uh, the host, Jesse P.S., is pretty funny. He's got a comedian guest with him, as he often does on each of his podcasts. Uh, this, is, this time it's uh, Glenn Tickle. And there's a girl laughing in the background, and uh, Jesse told me via uh, Twitter that it's his ex-girlfriend, no name given. So uh, she doesn't get any credit for... Was she the ex before or after she was tittering in the background? I believe she was still the girlfriend while this was being recorded. I think she is now the ex-girlfriend. Maybe she didn't laugh hard enough. I guess she didn't pass muster. Uh, this is probably not all she didn't pass. What? What? Uh, anyway, uh, this is a comedy talk show out of, uh, as I said, New York City. And uh, he uh, co-hosts comedians from the world of stand-up, improv, sketch, and even more. They take a seat with Jesse and talk about everything from childhood nostalgia to pop culture to science and farts. So that's just a taste, so to speak, of what you're going to get. He promises we will make you laugh. Uh, we might make you think. Uh, he says, listen to at least three episodes and fall in love. Uh, we're just going to give you three minutes and 58 seconds. Best of luck to you. So my father, un he's six. These two Rottweilers, mean. Uh, these are clearly dogs that have been bred to fight. Okay. They were not neutered. They had the biggest fucking balls hanging between <laughs> their legs. They, How old are you? I'm five. No okay. older. It's no weird that a five-year-old would take... Such vivid note of balls. Not well, when they're smacking you in the face like these are. Well, <laughs> from their girth, their absolute girth. And my father is, you know, those. Uh, I don't. What do you call those things? You, you that extend and teachers use them. That pointers. Pointers, yeah. I guess. That's what they uh, call. My dad brought home one of these from his uh, career, I assume. Okay. And is I, he a teacher, man. Now again, I have more too much respect for him. Right. To, to know what I'm going to crack the case. I assume he's an architect or something. I don't know. Anyway, he's pointing out the balls with the pointer. He's like forcing <laughs> me to look at them. He says, you gay boy? You gay boy? He grabs me by the scruff. And his sweat is now getting in my mouth. You know, I'm sitting there, mouth agape. Uh, he because you close it at that point. No, I the can't. I'm, I'm frightened. I'm frightened. <laughs> he's got, would be disgusting. He's, he's taking the doll. He's picking. Now, my dad has... Hands bigger than Shaquille O'Neal, okay, way bigger. And Shaquille O'Neal weighs like three hundred and five pounds, right? I'm assuming. Uh, so he's grabbing these dogs by the ass and he's pushing their asses in my face with their balls hanging out. He says, "You see anything you like here?" The dogs are biting him, and he feels nothing, <laughs> nothing. Feel you like, feeling this, boy? You getting a boner from this? I mean, you've mentioned the pipe. I'm wondering what was in the pipe because he's like getting bitten by dogs. Wait, the pipe? You're oh, 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 pipe. oh, smoking pipe. Yeah, he smoked out of it. Yeah, but I think PCP. it was like PCP. It's he's PCP. Like, yeah, okay. that's weird that we both said that. <laughs> right? No, well, that's. I feel like angel getting bitten dust. by dogs. Yeah, you're angel dust, man. Riding. I don't know. He was riding high. <sighs> Sounds like you had a great childhood. It was awesome. Um, Is that I, the thing? I had all like, these Legos. Yeah, well, so it doesn't sound like it's all bad. I mean, if you had I didn't say any of it was bad. None of it was bad. Nines, so far, you're getting... Now, my mom is in the, the corner face. of the room in tears. Right. In I'm ready tears. to cry now. My mother is crying. Now, one, she knows that she's next. Two, she doesn't <laughs> want to see her little boy go through this. But who would? Who would want that? No one. No one, uh, except for me, because I'm going. To, I have obviously I mean, you see, learned I mean, the lesson have... that I need to do this to my child. 
He's, all right, so he's pushing these two dog ball asses in my face, saying, you getting a boner from this, boy? You getting a boner from this? And I'm saying, no, daddy, no. Sweat going in my <laughs> mouth. His sweat, my sweat, come everything. Gross. And now he is hey, so red with anger, and I am so white with fear. I'm a sheet. I'm a, I'm a ghost. I'm a, a, an apparition. Uh, and I, I'm just trying to melt out of his grip. I don't know how he's holding two dogs and me by the scruff, but he has got He's got giant monster shack hands. It's worse. They're like banana bunches. And he has really just got me in a puddle. Just like, I've messed myself. I don't know what to do. He says, I don't know what to do. So you gay? You gay, boy? You gay? Now, my dad doesn't normally have an accent like that. He's affecting this for fear purposes. You ever seen a scared straight video? He was wearing a do-rag. Now I've seen the the SNL sketch of like making fun same of thing, them. Same thing. Right. Um. So except effective because right. those aren't effective because it's no comedy. like that. Nothing about this that's is not comedy. even particularly effective nothing as about comedy. this is comedy. So I learned from that day on I am not gay. He learned he was not gay. Uh, Jesse P.S. of uh, the Pod Awful podcast at podawful.com. He's also you streaming live every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. He's also got. Every episode backed up on iTunes. Uh, so thanks for sending that in, Jesse. Um, let's get to our tweet sack. Uh, this is uh, uh, our time to thank our faithful tweeters out there. Uh, we got uh, folks that keep up a steady stream of uh, plugs for us, which is nice. They enjoy the show, including Ed Wallach. Uh, Ed actually was uh, the brains behind uh, the high-waisted hip-hugger idea. For our uh, first commercial from Henderson's Pants today. So thanks again, Ed. He's helped us out before. And uh, we get those pants right off the assembly line as soon as we hear from Ed. Also want to thank SD Charlie. That's uh, Charlie Miller down in San Diego. Uh, he has been tweeting this past week that he is desperately catching up on all the back episodes of Succotash since he found out about us. So thank you, Charlie, for that. You can also do that, too, but uh, through our website, Succotash, Succotash, uh iTunes, now, of course, on Stitcher Smart Radio through your iPhone or Droid or whatever appy device you've got. And I actually have one genuine email. That's right. An actual email I've printed out on dead tree material. Uh, and that's going to lead us into the next podcast clip because it comes from somebody with a podcast. Uh, uh, this uh, is addressed to me. I'll sign it off at the end here. It's a uh, hello, Mark. Love the show. I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to. And your podcast has steered me in the direction of some really good ones. Thanks for that. On the latest Sweet Feathery Jesus podcast, we were discussing childhood memories, like the time I accidentally demolished a house when I was six. In this clip, though, our friend Hiccup tells us about the time he experimented with makeup as an eight-year-old loner weirdo. It would be an honor to be featured on Succotash. I hope you can use it. You can find us following you on Twitter at sfj.com. Also at sweetfeatherygesus.com. Cheers, booze from Sweet Feathery Jesus. And uh, Sweet Feathery Jesus, uh, this is an interesting um, uh, way this show got started. It began as a comedy message board for fans of the Phil Hendry radio show. 
And uh, they have since, I think that was a phrase that uh, that one of Phil's characters used, Sweet Feathery Jesus. And uh, they have uh, since expanded to encompass a number of radio shows, uh, Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony, on and on, and now podcasts as well. And then some of the guys from that message board started their own podcast. And it's rather funny to listen to because a couple of them are Americans, and I think Booze is actually from England, and they do the whole thing via Skype. So here's a piece of Sweet Feathery Jesus for you. Booze, you were talking about the social life you had in the ghetto. I didn't have that same luxury. But what I did have was an obsession with Kiss, the band. I mean, I, I, I don't have to explain Kiss. I'd go into the bathroom after Halloween, and I would, I'd kiss it up in the mirror. You know, I'd, I'd put on the makeup. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, eight or ten or whatever. And so I'd dress up like Gene Simmons, and then I got really into Ace Frehley, the guitarist. Um, and then next Halloween roll around, and I did the same thing after Halloween, of course, because I had no friends and uh, was a weirdo. What kind of year are we talking about here? I'm saying 95. <laughs> wow, like, dude. Geez. Kiss was lame and Okay, so we're, yeah, so we're, we're <laughs> thinking the mid-70s, okay, I, I, so you're not, that, that, you're not old enough. Uh, right, okay. okay. First of all, fuck all you because <laughs> I, I, grew up, I, grew up a, I grew up a Kiss fan. A Josh huge P, Kiss I don't fan even want to hear kid. it. I don't, I don't even want to hear it. Back when they I were actually be. the age that you were. I only had I as. only had a live Destroyer and a live Three. If that if that makes any sense to you. So I was okay. I was a, I was a fan of the old Kiss, not that bullshit. No, okay. God, you know you're ruining my flow. <laughs> So new makeup, new Halloween, go in there, put on the makeup, and I, I, I can't get it off. And I try soap, and it doesn't come off. And I tried some, like, lotion, and it didn't come off. And uh, I thought that my dad's shaving cream might work. And the only way you can get shaving cream off is to shave it off, obviously. So I put shaving cream all over my face, and I shaved an eyebrow off. And I wow. tried to, I tried to keep it cool. It, uh, this is how punk was invented. And I'm accidentally stuck a safety pin for his nose. I've shaved an eyebrow in my life, and I'm gonna tell you, a dude looks weird with one eyebrow or part of well, one gone. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I'm sorry to mess up your flow again, hiccup. Go, go but, um, you know, it's the cardinal sin, isn't it, to to fall asleep around someone's house. Yes. Yeah. And there's a bunch of guys, and especially I was like about, oh god, how old would I have been? About 27. So my son was like six at the time, and he had his parents' evening in school the next day, and I got half an eyebrow shaved off. <laughs> nice. And I, I didn't even realise for about 24 hours. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and my missus, uh, my missus at the time kept on looking at me funny and going, what? <laughs> something different about you. But yeah, I had to go to my kids' opening, open evening, you know, parents' evening at school. My hand leaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, that's, that's exactly what I was going to ask. What do you do at that point, Booz? You, you leave do? it. You leave it because you, leave you, do, it. you do consider shaving your eyebrows right off. Because that, that would at least make it symmetrical, right? It's the only way you can do it. But no, it's far better. If you've got half an eyebrow off, just leave it. <laughs> well, one That's... dude who passed out at Leeds McGray, we got 
the right side of the right eyebrow and the right side of the left eyebrow. And it made his whole head look uh, askew. It was yes. the strangest thing, man. It's like and, Morse code. Yeah, it is. It, but you talk about busting up symmetry. That was one of the strangest ones. I don't know what he did with it. It's great fun. I mean, I, I thought I'd escaped it. If you're 27 and your mates are the same age, yeah. you should have got past that fucking phase. I weren't happy. But yeah, you'd think. You, you can't say anything. You just say, all right, all right, yeah, you got me on, got me on that one, got me on that one. All right, Sweet Feathery Jesus. Been waiting to get those guys on, so it's high time. You can get them, of course, at sweetfeatherejesus.com and on iTunes. Um, thanks for sending that clip in, guys. If you're interested in getting your comedy podcast clip in, just send it along to Mark at succotashshow.com, and that's M-A-R-C, although you can send it to anything at succotashshow.com, and it will get here. Uh, just try and make it three to five minutes long, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, to put it up at some point as the show moves on. Uh, speaking of the show moving on, I'd like to see if uh, Bill Hay- Hay- Haywatt, our uh, announcer, is here. Uh, there he is, Bill. Oh, Bill. Yeah, you're looking well tonight, huh? <laughs> Thank- thanks, Bill. Um Regular listeners of uh, the Succotash uh, podcast oh my might, re- oh, yes. might remember that we had a letter from a, a listener, uh, a letter from the from a listener last week, an email uh, asking uh, for oh. some of Bill's uh, drink tips and also yes. uh, uh, perhaps uh, bar suggestions, places to go. Uh, since Bill is a, a well, he's been around. Let's just yeah, say I've that. Been around, yeah. Hello, Bill. <clears throat> Bill Haywatt. Good to see you. How the heck? Uh, it's Mark. Yes, I'm sorry, Mark. You know, I've been doing that. Last week, I would I'd say two weeks ago, when, the last time we worked yes. together, I was thinking, Jesus, I keep calling him. I know your name was Mark. Mark, I'm sorry. I realized <laughs> later on, I was just wanted you to think. <laughs> <laughs> You're a cagey one, Bill. You're a cagey one. Um, so last, la- last time we talked, you were a little yeah. um, apprehensive <clears throat> about... Uh, uh, sort of virtually dipping into the sauce yes, uh, know, because uh, you've know, been uh, watching you know, your watching your p's and q's. Well, my grandmother gave me. Uh, I've been feeling a bit under the weather these days, Mark, and I've been uh, using an old curative that my grandmother, my nana, gave to me when I was a young man. Nana, nana Haywatt. Yeah, nana, nana Haywatt. Yeah, I'm drinking one right now. And it makes me feel so much better. It's strictly for medicinal purposes, though. Yes, Alka-Seltzer and Jim Beam. <laughs> but that's not an official cocktail. Well, that's... it's 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 a restorative. It's got the you know the bubbles and it uh, has the warmth and a few uh, a little of grenadine. <laughs> grenadine, okay. I didn't realize that grenadine, was curative. And it is because it's fruit. You have the fruit. <laughs> Okay. From the grenadine, and you get the gym beam for the warmth and the healing goodness of the plop, plop, fizz, fizz. And I'm feeling so much better than when I first came to the home of the hit <laughs> earlier today. I want well, to tell you. Well, I'll tell you what, Bill. Um, 
you know, we don't have a whole lot of time. I found that time, Jim but... Beam in Brent Osborne's office. Oh, well, yes. Really? I didn't. I broke in with my credit card. Osborne's rarely here. <laughs> He's know. rarely here. I know. All the more for the for the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> the more, more. Oh boy. Uh, yes, sir. Well, so Mark. do you do you have a a drink suggestion for the listeners? Yes. Uh, we're hoping that this week you would share, uh, you know, a, a, a drink me. a drink recipe from. Yes, I'd uh, like to tell you about the Scofflaw. It's one of my favorites, and as a Scofflaw is fine, fine drink. It's it's a quarter ounce of you start with a quarter ounce of lemon juice, quarter ounce of lemon juice, a little dash of grenadine. Dash, there's the grenadine and, again. And I, I'm very fond of Apparently, grenadine. Apparently, yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a miracle drug, and I like the an ounce of dry vermouth, dry vermouth, and an ounce of Canadian whiskey, dash of orange bitters, and you stir it well over ice. You stir it. Stirred, not shaken. None Stirred. of that James Bond Over ice. crap. Over, yes, you stir right. well and right. mixing glass, and you strain it, and it's it's delightful. I just uh, the scofflaw. I have right. a you, and there's you, nothing. You, 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 it's called the scofflaw, but there's nothing highly illegal in it. Well, but you use Canadian booze to sort of harken back to when oh, bootlegger people had days. Bootlegger days. That's I the see. joke. I know, see. The scofflaw. I see. The other thing is the um, what what happens? What they don't say is. You put in, a, you, you get a one of those little dishes that you with a mortar pestle thing, and sure. you put three Altoids, and you okay. squash them up, and okay. you put them in there. Altoids, all yes, right. and and what it does is it masks your breath, so you can have five of those. And I speak from experience. You have five of those. I had a feeling. And I've driven through Sausalito, home of the hit, after having five scofflaws. And you know, Officer Stacy would pull me over, and I'd say. Good evening, Officer Stacy. And Officer Stacy would say, Why, Mr. Hayward, you haven't been drinking, have you? I go, No. I have a uh, little Bell's palsy, actually. And I <laughs> and she'll say, does, Well Does that catch you out of it? Fuck you. Yeah. I mean, yes. I said uh, just Bell's a little palsy. slurring here. I'm just recovering. And she'll say, Oh, well, that's minty fresh breast, Mr. Hayward. And I say, Yes. Yes, uh, Stacy, Officer Stacy, and I'll just be on my way now. And 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 she has no idea how many bags I'm in. You know. <clears throat> well, that's uh, the scofflaw. The scofflaw. The scofflaw is so... excellent beverage. Excellent, Bill. Yes. Th thank you very you know, much. Yes, I, of course. Um, and it's a pleasure. That's uh, so. So there's our first uh, yes. boozing with Bill. Boozing with Bill. Tell uh, the your scofflaw? friends you heard excellent. it from me. Good when you're playing bingo or whatever that game is. What that game you're playing? Uh, I just, cutthroat or uh, oh oh cross cuts yes cross cross cuts yes. Yes. yes I was just got back from Hollywood where I was playing Excellent. cross yes. cross cuts with some of my you were in Hollywood fabulous show business friends you were in I was I was in Tinseltown you have fabulous oh yes you constantly. know I used to have fabulous show business friends oh they're still well no I guess most of them have passed now hush now I'm I've got to go back to my you've bummed us out little booth now. Thank you, Bill. It's, I mean, t uh, Mark. Mark, uh, Mark your uh, Bill. Your Bill. Someday when you're my age, you'll know what it's like to have most of your friends with with, with cement door knockers. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> sorry. Very I don't, sad. don't mean to laugh at your, at your no, grief. You'll know. If you're I know, Bill. Enough, I'm sorry. Know. Well, I was... Huh. You either are mourned or you are mourning. Okay. You know? You know, I was I, when I when I thought we'd feature the boozing with Bill. I thought there'd be sort of more of a uplifting quality, but that seemed to kind of end on a bummer note. Wow, I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry, um, but that's okay. 
Uh, I think I think that drink recipe is dandy, and uh, just like with uh, the snowshoe, we're going to put that up on the on the blog, so you can check out the scoff law uh, prepared a la Bill Haywatt, if you will. And uh, in the meantime, let's get back to the business of playing some goddamn podcast clips. Uh, we have a, a theme developing for the rest of uh, the show, not even for the rest of the show, but for the next few. Uh, I've been taunting the guys from Bob's Boneyard uh, to send in a clip ever since they said they were going to send in a clip, and they still have not done it. Um, they, uh, <laughs> they call themselves the misadventures of three unemployed radio dudes. Uh, and I cannot wait for them to send a clip in any longer. So uh, here's a clip uh, where they're talking about uh, zombies and vampires. And uh, they're getting very particular about things. Uh, so let's give a listen to uh, a little bit of Bob's Boneyard. Where do you come up with all this bullshit? <laughs> like, like, that's the what, do you, what do you mean all this bullshit? Like, like, you know, like you were just talking about zombies, how they can walk underwater and mm -hmm. like... They'll just walk forever underwater. They will, say, unless yeah. they get underneath and they now, get crushed now, by pressure. Where do you come up with all this bullshit? Like, it's, like who it's, thought it's, it up? It's 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 stuff that you just you just pondered. You think about some of the stuff makes sense to me, okay? Because I remember mm -hmm. you and I got into this huge argument one day at Comic Kings, because Federale and I, my dear friend Mike Federale, mm -hmm. he's a writer. I'm a writer. He he writes a comic called The Skyrocket and The Baku. It's coming out soon. Comic Kings will have him. I write a comic book called Forty One. And Federal and I were joking around one day that we needed the next big thing. Like, we needed the next big idea. Right. And the big idea we came up with was vampire zombies versus zombie vampires. Dumb. <laughs> Wait, hold on. And, and Dumb. Okay. What, this is, Explain, please. Okay, the this difference is, between these two. Explain, please. These two very All different right. creatures. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, two different right. levels of stupidity. Yeah, yes. Stop, stop, stop. Miss those zombies walk on the water forever. <laughs> I know. All right. Until they get eaten by sharks, not shark zombies. <laughs> the thing is, all right, a zombie vampire would be uh -huh. a zombie that has vampirism, like the disease. Okay. Okay? A vampire zombie would be a, zom would be a vampire that has zombieism. Different. Okay, hold on. I'm confused. Hold on. <laughs> Wait. Okay, so this is the scenario. I zombie set up. vampire. This is Explain the scenario that. I set up. Okay. This is the scenario. Don't look to Stephanie. She's not your ally. This, this is the, <laughs> the scenario we set up. There is a vampire, one lone vampire, uh -huh. and he is perusing Europe. This is the situation that I came up with when I thought of this this idea. Okay. He's perusing Europe. He, yes. he goes into a village, like an old mountain village. A village. A village. Maybe in like the you know like the 1700s or whatever. Okay. He goes into this village, and the village is deserted. There's nobody there, right? And he's like, "Well, this is weird. You know, there's nobody here. Everybody's just kind of you what know." Am I gonna eat? What's What's happening here? Like this was normally a food source for me. There's nothing here because I imagine they could they they go to typical places like predators do. So they go there, and he says, and he sees a guy laying in bed, and he's like, "Okay, cool. I can bite this guy." I'll get some blood. I'll be, right. I'll be good. So he goes over to bite the guy, and he bites into his neck. And the guy recently got bitten. Recently was bitten by a zombie. So he is in the early stages of being a zombie. Uh. At this point, he would still have blood, and he would transmit the virus to him, making him right a vampire a zombie. Zombie. And then the other guy is. So a then what happens then is the zombie, the the vampire. 
realizes this and he tries to leave the town, but lo and behold, he gets attacked by a horde of zombies. Of zombies. He gets he gets bitten and then becomes a zombie vampire. So there's a vampire zombie and a zombie vampire. Exactly. How would that not work? Now, 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 the vampire who got bitten by the zombies. Then he goes. Then, then is he going to be like a like a just a eating creature, like a regular zombie would, or does he still have cognitive skills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? You asshole! You know what? He blew me off. That was that was one of the best plays. Yeah, yeah, yes. I've heard. In a long time. So then, what happens is. The zombie who gets attacked, I mean, the vampire that gets attacked by the horde of zombies goes back to his den mm-hmm. of vampires. Uh, but he's a vampire zombie. Right. What's, why wouldn't that work? Wouldn't. Now, if you want to create your own because genre he, of it, if you want to create your own, your own genre of it, bam. But what, that, that's, how, that's how it works. But, Boom. You created your own but, thing. Because but, it happens all times. But, in, with, oh, with it zombies. totally does. It totally does. But the thing is, I told Alfredo this, and he was outraged. I he was. He was livid. I was. Furious. I'm like, just confused. He, he was. Because, you know what? Because you. Here's the thing. Okay. There's certain. Livid. There, there's certain rules when it comes to, to zombies. Now, no, here's the, There are. There are certain rules when it comes to zombies. Everybody knows that. That's uh, Bob Fresh, Alfredo Torres, and Manny Fresh. Of Bob's Boneyard. They're at bobsboneyard.com. They're on iTunes. And now, at last, they've been on Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to play that clip, it's actually uh, about a month old. Um, but uh, this weekend coming up uh, is the debut of season two of The Walking Dead on AMC. And I liked the first season. I'm looking forward to season two. So I thought it would be appropriate also with Halloween coming up to play something like that. And in this next clip as well, a new clip to our show, uh, they also get into a zombie riff. Uh, this is Hotshot Whiz Kids. Um, it's Mike Klein Jr., who is a stand-up comedian from Buffalo, New York. And his childhood pal, I don't know what his childhood pal does, other than the fact he's on this podcast with Mike, Mark Davila. And uh, let's hear a, a little bit of the Hotshot Whiz Kids. And then they tried, sell, you know, they tried curing cancer, and they did. But then... Yeah, you don't make money from curing cancer. No, but all of a sudden, the side effect was you became a zombie. That's how it always goes. I think I saw that movie. It was shitty. Like every zombie movie? Yeah. What is with people's, like... You ever see these people... They love zombies. Yeah, they love zombies. That's one thing. Like they have zombie tattoos and zombie t-shirts. They also go to these zombie walks. Like everyone, it's like a, a you know a regular like you know like these people go all to get together and they walk for like cancer or something like you know a bunch of fat I've never asses. Heard, yeah, I've never heard of a zombie walk. Do they all like put makeup on yep. and walk like zombies? Yeah, like that. Like you guys know you're not really zombies and no one's scared, right? And you just have makeup on. It's, it's basically I Halloween. I tend to be scared. It's I basically just... like a, a moving Halloween co- Halloween costume party where everyone dressed exactly the same. Yeah. No. You know what I would do? I'd I'd stand in front of all of them and just go oh, 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 and just run in front of them like they're chasing me. I'd fall every once in a while, let them catch up and scramble. You know what I do? I running. start shooting them in the head. I'm like, oh my god, I think those are really zombies. I'm sorry. No, I'd have I didn't a mach- mean it. I take my machete. Now you got to shoot them in the head. You cut off their head. It's a lot of work. Not for me. It's not as easy as you think cutting someone's head off. Zombies are, they're fucking rotted flesh. It's a lot easier. Well, in this case, it'd be regular people with some shit. I don't make. know. I don't know that for a fact. Could you, like, could that be your, like, like if you go see them on these zombie walks and you kill a couple of them, can you get away with that, you think? Maybe. Like, listen. 
Have you your seen the zombie movies? Listen, I thought your there honor. Was a group of zombies. I thought they were real zombies. I thought we were, it was over, so I just started shooting them in the head. That's what they told me in the movies. It's true. That's what you told me. That's how crazy I am. I thought the judge told me to do it. I did like I do like that one zombie movie where they're on the mall. That's my yeah. Favorite. I do enjoy that. I mean, there's some good movies. I, I like that. Which one. one was that? Evil Dead or Dead Evil? No, no, it wasn't one of those. But I, who the fuck? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? No. Night of the Living Evil Dead. That's right. Mall walkers. I see some old people at the mall. They look like that now. That's true. Like, some old people look like zombies. I was pretty scared. Remember we used to see that guy? I think his nickname was a zombie. When we were at the mall, he was so old. Probably dead now. <coughs> he looked like he was 120. Yeah, there was one really old guy. And you know, he was at the mall every day. I don't know what he did there all day. Hung out. Same he thing we were shop. doing. You know, if you're a kid and you're there, if you're kids, you're getting kicked out for loitering. But an old man who, you think he's going to the Gap and buying a, a polo shirt? No. Listen, he's, he's no doing one nothing. kicked us out for loitering. We were there as much as the old people. Yeah, well, now they do because you, you can't be young. And in the mall. Well, that one. mall, yeah. There's another mall where they don't give a shit. So, like, from now on, if you're under 17, you you will not be allowed in without your parents. And I was like, shit, if I get fucked with once, I'm in my goddamn mid-20s. Listen, I have the same rule when I'm dating chicks. <laughs> under 17, you gotta have your parents with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's uh, the Hotshot Wiz Kids out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, they have uh, an internet radio show, which also becomes a podcast after the fact. You can find them at podfeed.net. Look for Hotshot WizKids. They're also on iTunes, of course. And uh, so that's that's that. And uh, to keep up with our theme uh, a little bit more, here is uh, a spot that's timely for this season from the good folks at Henderson's Pants. Ghosts and goblins, Frodo and Spider-Man, and lots and lots of slutty nurses all wandering the streets can only mean one thing. No, not Fleet Week. It's Halloween. This special time every year, Henderson's restocks the shelves and interwebs with our deathly Halloween. More than just a pair of pants and yet not quite a full-blown costume, Henderson's Deathly Hallowear is meant to be worn under your disguise to make sure your Halloween stays safe, sane, and filled with treats. The wizards at Henderson's Tailoring Factory start with a thin yet comfy layer of 100% cotton lining. Stitched to that is a second layer, this one made from 70 mil thick military-grade Kevlar. Finally, your Deathly Hallower is coated with waterproof matte black acrylic, strong enough to keep you safe in the darkest night, whether it's hailing hail or bullets. Henderson's Deathly Hallower is also light enough to assure that you can keep tricking and treating until the cows come home. Moms and dads, Henderson's wants to remind you that not even our Deathly Hallower can guarantee complete protection from the low lives and scumbags that are waiting to prey on your precious children. It can't detect razor blades and apples or roofies and rollos. So when you steal your kids' candy while they sleep, be extra careful and take a good look at what you're biting into before it bites into you. Henderson's Deathly Hallower was originally designed for Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers. Not the unstoppable killing machine from the Halloween movie franchise, but that unstoppable mugging machine from Wayne's World. That's Henderson's. Fine trousers and costumery since 1549. And now back to Succotash. 
All right. Uh, next up, we have a new, uh, another new show for us and another new show to the world, really. It's only been, uh, I think there's probably a handful of episodes so far. The Todd Glass Show. Now, Todd Glass is a stand-up comic I have known for years. And uh, he was recently at the 142 Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley and said, you know what, I'm, th- I'm thinking about getting in the, into the uh, podcast game myself. And sure enough, he has, uh, courtesy of the auspices of the Nerdist.com guys, that's Chris Hardwick and those fellas, they have put up uh, Todd's show at Nerdist.com, also, of course, on iTunes. And he has uh, usually a guest comic. This is like a two-hour show, so this is uh, quite a long show. Uh, And there's, I said, about a handful of them done so far. On this episode, he has guest comic Gary Gullman. And uh, they just, uh, they talk. It's two hours. So they cover a variety of subjects. So here is uh, Todd Glass with Gary Goldman. I saw a guy in a Navy uniform at the airport today, and I didn't have any inclination to thank him for his service. <laughs> when I see camouflage, I kind of want to thank you for your service, offer up some uh, yeah. uh, camaraderie. And what was he but wearing? Navy, it's just like, uh, yeah. ah, see, so you were out at sea. And it's been a while a safe since Pearl Harbor. You yeah, know. you were at a safe distance. Wait, hold on. So, and, so uh, I can... those uni- and can I tell you something? Those uniforms couldn't be less rugged. <laughs> they are not rugged at all. <laughs> what are you going to blend in okay. with First of those all, outfits? Hold on. You, you, you can tell they haven't been in war for a while because they haven't updated those uniforms oh, since World War II. that stupid flap on the back? <laughs> yeah, they still have. Have the original and, then, and that stupid hat that could that could also ba- be a flotation device. I don't, I don't know what that thing is. It's terrible. It, it, you would oh, think you would put that at the pants, end of your trumpet. Have... You would put it at the end of your trumpet. That muffle thing. <laughs> Hold on. First of all, so I don't feel bad. Our guy is the guy that. What's he? He's, he's in... in the air force. Which okay, he's dropping bombs from a safe distance, but he could crash any second. So I right. think. Okay, so I feel better about that. But Navy, I would wink and say. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're doing. And, and, and my father was in the Navy, too. And I, and I never and I always felt like I, we, we were a little bit pussified because our dad was in the Navy and some of the some of the, the, the goyim in the neighborhood, which is the, what we call the non-Jews behind their backs. Uh, now it's off. Uh, I, I would think oh, that my dad was safe on that boat. But, but Mr. Mr. Himmler over across the uh, the way. Can you believe they never changed their name? The last name was Himmler. They had one M. Instead of two M, like oh, real Hemler. And I said, oh, he was in the army. He's got his army uniform and everything like that. And meanwhile, he could have been like radar and the, <laughs> that, that, that thing, right? Just Hold doing on, communications. And, and Are you running the facsimile? No, not facsimile. The mimeograph machine. When, when, uh, when you just said that, uh, by the way, me, I have to preface everything. I understand that everybody in the military, no matter what they do, it's important. But I have to say, I never heard anyone say that. When I see the guys with the sailor uniforms on, I just picture them mopping the Lido deck. Exactly. I don't think they would be carrying at the airport. You know how sometimes the guys are in the thing and, they, and they've got a gun? Yeah. I picture the guy at the airport. He's going to mop. Yeah. <laughs> he's working a mop and he's putting down that thing that says wet floor. Why do I feel <laughs> I know, horrible? We feel, we feel bad, but let me tell you something. We're not saying we're on to you, Navy. We're saying... We understand. And that's where that's the distance I want to be. And 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 also and there, there have, have to be some deck chairs. There if have to have be some chairs boxes on your ship. Maybe maybe throw in for some new updated uniforms. A little more rock. Yeah, yeah, you're saying the blue blazer looked like they're on a yacht. No, no, no. That's like an officer going to a wedding. I'm talking yeah. about the 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 blue top with the with the frilly um, wrists. <laughs> yeah, frilly it, it looks, wrists. Yeah, it looks like something from like they a Bob fla- Hope. They're musical. flared. Everything's flared on the thing, yeah. just in case they want to wear boots and. Have 
have to put their pants over the boots. Hey, let me ask you. And they don't need boots. They should be wearing uh, docksiders or, or flip flops. They're on no. a boat. And and the other thing is that flappy thing on the on the back. Well, it's supposed to be like a hood, which is right? like a that cape. Zips up, but oh, everyone, quiet down. Todd's gonna. <laughs> Uh, quiet down. It's a good thing for a host of a show. Quiet down, everybody. I'm going to smoke some pot, and I like peace and quiet. But Gary, do you, when you say that stuff, how come I always feel like I'm always picturing the one person that's doing that? I, I'd like him to take my job for one day. But I always think the same thing, and you know what we're saying? Uh, they should change their uniforms around a little. Is that what we're trying to say? I don't know. No, I'm saying. saying that they're fighting the war from a very safe distance. And, well, then, and that's where, and that's where well, I want. Hey, listen, they're tougher than me. They went through the basic training and all that other thing. And here's another thing: I've been watching that movie Stripes a lot on Netflix because it's mm-hmm. it's available instantly. There was no reason why Bill Murray had to join the army, okay? Mm-hmm. And certainly not his best friend in that movie joined well, the army with him. There was no reason other than to make this funny movie. That, there was that no movie, reason. That, that, that movie was, they were both thirty years old. There was nothing going on there. It, it made no sense structurally. Then and, and also. And Don't also, why we're did, talking over each other. Why did Sally? Why was Sally brokenhearted to lose out on Billy Crystal? And and when Harry met Sally, here's a five foot two, balding, divorced uh, Jew, and and versus Meg Ryan. <laughs> you, you dream on, Sally. You didn't clearly miss the message of the movie. It's, it's about what, love that, and friendship. What, that this nebbish can expect to get a girl that hot, mm-hmm. not even as a friend. Because she wouldn't, she wouldn't want to be out at the mall and have somebody that she really liked bump into them and have to explain that no, that he's just a friend. Because then the guy would be like, "Oh, ooh, she's really dorky, lizard-looking friends." <laughs> hey guys, Will Durst here with a few words about the decision by banks to charge customers five bucks a month to use ATM cards for purchases. And those few words are, you greedy, stinking, ravenous, slime-sucking, avaricious pigs. How much money do you have to make? I mean, I get it. You're not a non-profit organization. Yeah, sure, you're out to make some money, aren't we all? But do you have to make all the money? What were your profits last year? Is it a bazillion dollars enough? Shouldn't you leave a little behind for the rest of us so we can do business with you? Otherwise, you won't have a reason to exist anymore. Or is that the ultimate goal? To gather together all the money in the world and then we borrow money from you just to get a look at the money we no longer have. This is my money we're talking about. You're supposed to pay me to use my money. What's the interest rate on savings accounts now? 0.02%? Oh, right. The Fed has determined that interest rates should stay low in order to boost the economic climate. But wouldn't that also mean that interest rates on my credit card should go down too? I'm paying 20%. In some states, that's known as usury and is illegal. For crumb's sake, you can get a better deal in the street from Vinny. And how many different ways can you charge me for using my money? Don't you get it? It's my money. We're not talking about credit cards where I pay you to lend me money. These are automatic deductions from an account into which I've already placed money. My money. Keep your filthy paws off my money, you damn stinking apes. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. As you can see, I'm just a wee bit ambivalent on this one. For Suckatash, the podcast of radio podcasts, I'm Will Durst. All right, so uh, that was our second Burst of Durst with our favorite fellow, Will Durst. Find him at willdurst.com. He's also tweeting at Will Durst 
over on Twitter. That's going to do it for Epi 12 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. I've been your host, Mark Hershon. Uh, I want to thank uh, the guys over at the Radio Rubber Room for the interview I'll be doing tomorrow, but you're not going to hear that until later, unless you're listening tomorrow and don't hear me talking about it today. That uh, involves time travel. Uh, it does involve time travel, Kenny cool, Durgis. I knew it existed. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny Durgis, our booth uh, assistant. I also want to thank Bill Haywatt for coming in and uh, giving us one of his favorite libation recipes. Thanks, of course, to our executive producer, Joe Paulino. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Please remember to pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast brought to you by Henderson's Pants. Available online and at your local trouser trough with your host, Mark Hershon. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or as Suckatash Show on iTunes or even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. You can follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. You can friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at Mark, that's M-A-R-C, at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up the phone and give Suckatash a ringy-ding-ding at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. And until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywad, reminding you to 